0: Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the Standing Room Only Podcast, episode number 74. On this week's episode, we are going to talk about the NBA play-in, which is going to lead to the playoffs. Uh, we are going to talk about our predictions. We're going to give our, um, our predictions previously and our predictions uh, moving forward in the playoffs with the bracket. Uh, we're, we have some MLB to talk about. We got another no-no, another no-hitter, number five on the year. And that's going to lead into the unwritten rules of the MLB. We're going to talk about Tony La Russa, the White Sox, and just in general, like what, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? Um, Before we get started, just a brief reminder, go ahead, hit that download button. If you're listening on Spotify, if you're listening to Apple podcasts, it really does help us get our analytics. Uh, That's practically our view count. Um, I am Dustin, I'm always here, of course, with Healy, I am iGoose on social media, we have Healy as well. My
1: my handles are at thehealy6 on Twitter and Instagram.
0: And then make sure you follow the Standing Room Only podcast, we are SR Pod. we are on Twitter, we are on Instagram. We like to stay interactive, we like to argue with people, we like to agree with people, we like polls, so go ahead and make sure you guys shoot us a follow on there as well. So and- let's get started Wh- What was that, Haley?
1: I was going to say NBA playoffs
0: time. NBA playoffs. The the regular season's over. You beat me to it. So NBA playoffs, we have the NBA play-in. I wanted to trash talk it in the intro. I waited, so now I'm going to trash talk it. We have the NBA play-in where if you are a mediocre team, which a lot of pretty much like 80% of teams in the East and about 15% of teams in the West, you have a chance to make the playoffs. That started yesterday. So as of right now, we have from the games that were on yesterday, we had uh, Boston took care. Uh, they they ended up winning their game against Washington, which was Boston was it was one sided. And then in the other game, we had the Pacers beat Charlotte, which that game was super one sided. Uh, so with that being said, And, of course, we have the Western Conference games. We have the San Antonio uh, versus Memphis game on right now. And then we have the Lakers tonight against Steph Curry. I am going to be watching that game. I cannot wait. I'm more excited for that one game than I am probably the first round of the NBA playoffs. With the Eastern Conference, we do have Boston, who uh, was able to advance to the seventh seed. And now we have... <clears throat> the Pacers are going to battle it out for the uh, eighth seed. Um, the Pacers are actually going to be playing. Who are the Pacers playing? The I Wizards. just said it. The Wizards. the Wizards. Wizards, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. The reason being is because the Wizards had the better record, and we went over the bracket and how it works, and it doesn't seem right. There's a double elimination for some teams, but not for others. But if you're a better-seeded team, then all you got to do is win one game. So that's the way that works out. Um, what? <sighs> What are your thoughts so far on this play in Healy? And, and and you know, we can give our predictions as well as far as conference games. And we already know our finals predictions as well.
1: So last night, I didn't tune in too much. I was just basically Twitter watching and scoreboard watching. But Jason Tatum, he dropped 50 points yesterday. Yeah. Which is insane. And... You said they, they won easily over the Wizards. It was a close game going into the third quarter. The Wizards were definitely battling Bradley Beal on his hamstring or whatever's like a little tight on him, bothering him. Uh, the big men situation just wasn't going in uh, Washington's way. Kind of, kind of like the Chicago conversation we had earlier in the year, Alex Len should not be out there. It should be Daniel Gafford or at least one of their other big guys. I don't know why Alex Len plays
0: so many minutes. Uh, I, in- I agree. Uh, Alex Alex Len's a big. He's just a really big body. But I don't. He doesn't. I don't think he's has any sort of athleticism like he used to have years ago when he was with Phoenix or whoever else he's been with. Mm-hmm. Gafford should have played more. He played twenty minutes. He actually played a solid game. He played a really. Damn good game. He's gonna be. I think he should be a part of that core moving forward.
1: That'd be great to hear. And the Hornets they went up against the Pacers, and the Pacers front court is just it was too powerful. You got Miles Mm -hmm. Turner and Sabonis going up against. I don't even know who's down low. Is Cody Zeller
0: still in (laughs) in Charlotte and stuff? Well, he is. Miles Turner actually did not play. Miles Turner is out until further notice um but sabonis i mean he had 21 rebounds he had nine assists in the game he only had 14 points but they dominated that whole game uh who kind of came on late in the season for indiana played Mm -hmm. a hell of a game dougie mcbuckets he dropped 20 points in the
1: first half yesterday somehow only ended up with 21
0: i don't get it off of like almost no dribbles in the whole game, he pulled a um a Clay Thompson. He actually pulled a Clay Thompson there, just catch and shoot, catch and shoot. Um, it's pretty cool seeing him do pretty well. I uh you know obviously he played with the Bulls, so um but the, I mean even their bench, their bench came off. They ended up putting up like almost just over fifty points off the bench, um. Yeah. Charlotte Charlotte's good. I actually really like Charlotte and thought they played better than what I expected them to. Uh minus this game. But we gotta factor in the fact that um they're hurt. They're hurt. They uh they're without Gordon Hayward, who actually played a major role and you know, this season he was he's missed quite a few games, but I mean he did end up playing a major role. Uh, LaMelo Ball, he didn't play so well. He, I mean, he ended up putting up 14 points on four 14, Uh, Miles Bridges had a good game. Terry Rozier. I, I just think that some of the main guys that normally you would expect them to get going and score did not do so well, such as Devontae Graham, who's hit or miss nowadays, who used to be great last year. He was great for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Miles Bridges has been good. I actually like Miles Bridges. Uh, but Terry Roger 0 for nine from downtown, if you're not hitting these, these, you know, your, your main guys aren't doing what they do. Um, as far as like shooting threes or, uh, LaMelo ball had only like four assists, um, and four turnovers. So that kind of canceled out there. So it was just overall, they just were out outpowered and they just couldn't stop the, the, the shooting from the pacers i mean it's it's almost like every guy in their starting lineup could shoot minus sabonis he didn't hit mm-hmm. any threes but everybody else hit multiple threes so
1: with the plan though it's playing out exactly how it's supposed to so far both of the higher seats have won or set up for a pretty good matchup for this final spot in the east pacers first washington i would have loved to see washington beat the Celtics just because you would have been able to see Russell Westbrook face Durant and Harden in a playoff matchup. Unfortunately, they will have to face maybe the Sixers, which could be a decent matchup, but Joel Embiid will be there uh, in the West where it's seen a, a good matchup already. You've already mentioned the Warriors and Lakers. We got blessed with this one. There was not supposed to be these two good teams matching up in a playing scenario. No, no. Um, it's
0: funny because the Lakers, I think, overall had the number one best defense. Yep, they had the best defense in the league. But when LeBron's out for a few weeks worth of games, Anthony Davis missed a lot of games. I hate to say it, but they are the team. They are the team. And I know a lot of analysts, they argue that the Lakers don't have what it takes to compete with the best of the West, such as the Suns or Denver or the Clippers, simply because they're going to rely too much on uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis. We'll see moving forward. I still think with this, just them two, those other guys are role players. And that's just how it is. That's just how, I mean. That's how LeBron has always been. Give him another all-star or two, and the rest of the guys will just do what they got to do. But with that being said, we do have, as of right now, Memphis is up on San Antonio. It is a seven-point game. Memphis led by like 20, just over 20 points, I think, in the first half. So it is now halftime, and it is only a seven-point game, which...
2: San Antonio is a weird team. They're a very weird team.
0: Um, I don't know if either team is going to make, win more than maybe a game in the first round, no matter who they ended up, uh, end up facing, which mm-hmm. I believe is going to end up by probably being either Utah. Yeah, I think it's going to end up being Utah. Um, because the winner of Golden State and the Lakers will face Phoenix in the first round. Which I'm oh, looking forward man. to that match. I'm looking forward to. I I, I want to see a Steph Curry ups, upset. I Lebron is probably I'm just as much of a fanboy as the next guy, but I love drama in the NBA. I love action, and I would not be disappointed with a Steph Curry 50 point performance and Golden State to win the game. And face Phoenix in the first round because I feel like they can at least take two to three games against Phoenix. The Lakers win. They are going to win it in five to six games. And that's just the real realistic scenario. As long as they're healthy.
1: I, would, I wouldn't mind either matchup. The West matchups, they look like they're going to be very fun. Especially because at the beginning of the year... Phoenix was on my teams to watch. I don't know if you remember that. I I said Phoenix, they could be very fun with the Chris Paul edition and all the pieces yeah. they have. And they turned out to have a very good season. Did I watch a bunch of games? No, I didn't. It's just there's too much, too much time to spend. I did scoreboard watch and all that, but, like, the Phoenix, they did great. Chris Paul, one of the most underrated players still in the league. He just... Whatever team he goes to instantly
0: rises them, yep like statistically, it, statistically, like it's been proven on paper, he actually makes every single team better year over year. Which yeah we saw nuts. it with the Rockets, they almost yeah. made the championship. he was
1: out in game seven, the the one that they missed 27 threes in a row. Oh, he, man against Golden State, yep, yeah. should have made the finals that year. they lost. He went to the Thunder and put him into the playoffs when we didn't think he would. And then he got traded to Phoenix.
0: (laughs) Early in his career, too, with uh, New Orleans, they ended up. I think they went to the conference uh, uh, at least once or twice when they had David West against the Spurs for sure. Um, He's incredible. He's incredible. The fact, he's a Hall of Famer already. I know some guys are like, is he if he doesn't win, is he going to be a Hall of Famer? That's not a question. This is one ben, of those situations where he doesn't need a championship.
1: He ben Wallace is it. in the Hall of Fame. So, like, not no knocks on Ben Wallace, but we've seen how weak the NBA Hall of Fame is. And if you are at a certain level, you're, like, guaranteed to get in.
0: Yeah, Ben Wallace was good for, like, a three-year stretch, like when the Pistons were winning. But, but yeah, no, he's, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. Um, speaking of the Hall of Fame, a few players got inducted.
2: We had Kevin Garnett. We had Timmy
0: Duncan, Mr. Fundamental. And the late, great Kobe Bryant. And there was somebody else just got actually added towards, oh, Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace, as you mentioned. No, Ben Um, Wallace is next year. Oh, is he next year? Oh, okay, okay, okay. They've already announced next year's class. Kind of early, well, fair enough, fair enough. So we did see those guys get inducted, which they should have. Kevin Garnett was one of the best. I mean, even with Boston, when he joined, you know, when he joined that that mm. super trio team, because uh, everybody forgets that other guys have done it besides LeBron. Um, he he was great. He was great. In Minnesota, obviously, Tim Duncan, his resume speaks for itself. And then we got Kobe. So this might be one of the most stacked Hall of Fame classes ever. Oh, yeah. you got
1: you got a top three shooting guard ever, probably number two right now. And then you got one of the top two or three power forwards of all time, including both
0: Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan. Yeah, they're both at least a top. I don't even know. Top six. Maybe I would have to go through a list because Kevin Garnett was incredible. That dude, when he came into the
1: room that's it.
0: That's all I can name. Yeah, at the power forward position. There's, there's others. There's definitely others. I think, didn't Larry? Larry played the three, I guess. hmm Yeah. Yeah. Well, we definitely had a, um, did you watch, I don't know if anybody watched the speech. Vanessa Bryant gave an incredible speech for Kobe. hmm You know, hats off, tip in the hat, round of applause, whatever you want to do. She gave an incredible speech takes a lot of strength to go up there and do it especially since it is still recent you know the tragic with kobe um but but it was awesome and then uh you know much deserved to these all three guys in the hall of fame so what i don't even know ben wallace is in the is in the hall of fame next year who who else is in it with him
1: so you got ben wallace you have chris weber Ooh. you have paul pierce okay and then uh there's Tony, Tony Kukoc is in there. Uh, he's an international guy that they, they got in there. Chris Bosch is a Hall of Famer next year. Interesting. So, Very interesting. And then you got Bill Russell as a head coach. Chris Bosch,
0: man, he's already been retired for that long. Yeah, he's been retired a while. He had, he had the heart condition he uh i don't it's it's just weird i think it's a four-year wait you have to wait it's gotta be it's just
1: weird seeing all these i'm finally hitting that point in my life where i am seeing players i watched for years growing up make the hall of fame all growing up it's like oh i know about him oh he was cool he was he was fun to watch now it's like i watched some of these guys win the championships or be key pieces
0: to teams It's a sign, Healy. It's a sign of the times. We're getting old. That's what it is. No, but yeah, it it is kind of weird to see. I think, well, obviously, you know, Kobe was first ballot. Like there isn't even a question about it. Tim Duncan, like this, like you said, this year's Hall of Fame class is probably the best we're going to see. Because, I mean, you you just named off guys for next year. And don't get me wrong, Chris Webber, for sure. Is a hall of fame Chris Bosch to me is questionable, but the NBA, a lot of guys get in. T- Tony Kukoc was good and he was great internationally. He came in, he won championships with the Bulls, but like would, would you consider him one of the best? I don't know. I guess it's a little bit different.
1: He grew the game internationally, which is we did big piece. But yeah, like power forwards. I just looked it up. You got guys like Charles Barkley, uh Dirk is a top one, under oh, yeah, top one Dirk. of all time. You got Kevin McHale on that list, Bob Pettit, Elvin Hayes, Powell. But like if he played Garnett, a whole
0: career, Amari Stoudemire would be on that list.
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you got Tim Duncan and uh, Garnett up top five at least. And then, like I said, right now Kobe Bryant's the number two shooting guard all time. Yeah, like yeah. just the ranks, the ranks of all three of those guys. Too much. Mm-hmm. It was great listening to Greg Pop or Greg Pop. It was, it was great listening to Tim Duncan's speech. I could listen to that guy speak. I wish he had a podcast.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: His speech was awesome. It was cool listening to the stories he was talking about. He's had so many great moments in his career. And just, I, I would love to just have him sit down for 10
0: hours, speak about everything in his life. And I would listen to all of it like a series even his stories about Popovich were kind of fun he had everybody laughing he had a good he had a really good speech he had a real I don't even I did not did Kevin I mean I assume every guy gives a speech I watched pretty much Tim Duncan's and Vanessa Bryant's and that was it Mm -hmm. Garnett went first okay
1: so I think the the big three were gonna go towards the end but Garnett at the end of his speech was like I just wanted to go first I was so nervous like I just had to get it out of the way (laughs) so he went first this was this was pretty cool. So I I had a misunderstanding, kind of off topic. I thought the guys that were inducting these people were gonna like talk about them a little bit. So like I was excited for Michael Jordan to like talk about Kobe and stuff, and then I saw them just walk up there and just stand behind the people.
0: I'm yeah, like, it was kind of weird yeah yeah I was expecting something too especially when I thought maybe like when Vanessa was talking and she was like you know thank you Michael Kobe definitely when this time came wanted you to be the one to induct him I thought there would be a maybe a like a like a, maybe like a two three maybe five minute speech there um, you know maybe something that we didn't hear already from the last mm-hmm. last dance and then obviously from the funeral so but that wasn't Man. the case I know watching I know
1: when she said that to Michael he just he was holding in tears and he did not it was like one of his sons because mm-hmm. he knew yeah. how much Kobe Bryant loved him and like you could just you could I have seen it so often people post clips on Twitter of just film highlights meshed over each other and you could perfectly find a clip where both guys are in the same spot and they both do a like a fake fade away and they both have the same. Like you could put them uh, silhouette them and they would look exactly the same.
0: Yeah. They, I mean, I've seen so many videos where the, the turnaround fade is probably the one mm. that's the one that turned, I mean, and that moves unstoppable and not many guys can do it. So my favorite line though, with Jordan, and I know this turned into a Kobe segment, my favorite line probably will always be when michael said he can he wouldn't lose to anybody one-on-one except for kobe because he steals. he's like he steals all my moves (laughs) which is is hilarious because he does but he's so good at it. he makes it his own yeah so yeah great
1: great time with the hall of fame nba playoffs so we had our regular season predictions we're going to go over all of those first, and then we're going to get into the playoff predictions. It'll it'll be an easy reminder of what we did because both Dustin and I had the same exact predictions. We didn't plan on it. We just thought alike. So we both had Lakers and Clippers in the finals, which I guess is still a possibility. Still a possibility uh with how the seeding is going. The Clippers are the fourth seed. If the Lakers win tonight, they'd be seventh seed. And they yeah, they could they could match up in the conference finals. Uh the Eastern Conference, we had Brooklyn and Boston, who are playing first round. So that not happening. Thought Boston was gonna be a little bit better. They've had injuries. Yeah. Turned trains. them a little bit. And they yep. just weren't playing so hot. Uh, The finals both had Brooklyn versus the Lakers and both had the Nets winning. This was before the James Harden trade as well. This was Kyrie, uh, Joe Harris, KD, Jeff Green, uh, DeAndre Jordan. Then off the bench, you had Karis LeVert. And I don't know if Dinwiddie was hurt at the time. He might have been. We might have known. But their bench mob was way better. They had uh, Jarrett Allen still on the team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awards, we're going to go over that as well. And we could we could kind of get through both segments right here. We're going to go over who we predicted, and we'll just give you the who's going to probably win it at this moment right now. Most improved player. I said John Morant. Uh, Dustin was talking about Michael Porter Jr., who he did end up agreeing with Ja, but he, at your first thought was M- Michael Porter. So I'll give you the Michael Porter. And after talking a little bit before the podcast, I think MPJ does get it.
0: Yeah, I, he ended up playing more. I think the biggest thing for me was Ja Morant was going to take off. Like he's a bound to take off, but then like we thought seven we points talking- a game. Yeah, we were talking about it because he had some big games last year. Um, We talked about it before the episode. I'm just like, you know, he's still 21. I feel like with that team and maybe they, we don't know what direction they're going to take because they're still a weird team. Like they're good, but they're not. And so with him being 21, I still think he's got a couple of years before we really see elite John Morant. Like, yeah, we know he's got athleticism. He could jump through the roof. Um, He's had some almost near death-defying highlights dunking on people. Um, But, you know, with Michael Porter Jr. getting the role that he got this year, where his minutes per game is way up. Uh, He's played a lot more minutes. He's had a lot more opportunities. Denver's been hurt. Jamal Murray's been hurt. Um, He steps up. He steps up and plays well. We saw it in the bubble and it continued from there. So, that's kind of part of the reason why I was going with him in the first place and now why he solidified he should be the the MIP.
1: Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I've seen people talk about Julius Randle. Yeah. He's basically the same guy as previous years. It's just his team's more successful this year. So I don't see him being in the conversation at all. He, you could throw him in the MVP conversation, MVP. but even then I don't think he comes close. Yeah, he won't Which, win, but
0: he's got he's to gotta be on that list, though, for New York to be where they're at. Because mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett isn't the MVP that we were expecting. We, we were expecting R.J. Barrett to go off with Zion after year two. So uh, we don't know, because they both went to Duke. We don't know. You know, R.J.'s good, but realistically julius randall is leading that team so i I'd put him in the bracket for mvp with maybe a vote uh versus most improved because he's been putting up those numbers the last couple of years
1: Hmm. and then the mvp conversation both of us we didn't miss but we had good intentions goose had luka Doncic, which solid selection with what he did last year He could have put up the same numbers this year. Uh, You could have seen the Mavericks make a top seed. And unfortunately, that did not happen. Luka still still had a pretty solid season. He definitely hit 27.7, around the same same assists. His rebounds went down a little bit. It's just they finished as the fifth seed in the West. That's not really going to do it. I had Kevin Durant, which... Could have been a possibility, but as we know, the New York Nets are run DMP. They just decide who wants to play when, and then they get their guys in there. (laughs) Did you like the nickname I I just said for them? For who? The Nets, run DMP. Oh, gosh. I actually (laughs) do like that. And Durant, he was hurt for a majority of the season. He still played around... Played played uh, only 35 games, so about half the season. He, he had a fantastic season with almost 27 points per game, seven rebounds, five and a half assists, which, fantastic numbers. It's just he didn't play enough. He was hurt, but it's playoff time for him. The MVP, probably both agree, it's probably Jokic.
0: I
2: disagree. No? I said,
0: I actually, all season, I've been on the Jokic bandwagon. But I feel as though, and we know, we we don't know until we know the outcome of tonight's game or the next game,
2: but Steph Curry has had
0: a phenomenal year. A team without Klay Thompson, who is arguably one of the best two guards in the game, who I mean, for them to be where they're at playing against the Lakers in the play if they can beat the Lakers, I think my opinion is if they can solidify, get in the regular playoff bracket, win a game or two, he will win the MVP. Obviously, we don't know with the NBA because they don't announce the MVP till later. So I feel like this does have an effect, but I feel like numbers-wise, how they're playing... The fact that their t- his team is where that they are at is simply because of Steph Curry. Not, and, I mean, you could say the same thing about Jokic. Like, Jokic, to me, all season, next to Joel Embiid, had pretty much the best season. Steph Curry kicked it up another notch in the last couple of months. So that's why I'm kind of like, this Warriors team, I feel like he's playing with a handicap. You know, like, they don't, he doesn't mm-hmm. really have anybody. He has Draymond, he has... Andrew Wiggins, who occasionally can do some good things, and Kelly Oubre, who may or may not do things. I think he's even hurt now. So to see Steph Curry doing what he's doing and go back to the Steph Curry of old before Kevin Durant ever got there, and he's doing it without Klay Thompson, that says a lot. That says a lot. Denver has more pieces. But what Jokic is doing at the big man position... I feel like, yeah, he's probably going to end up getting it, but Steph Curry would get my vote, depending on tonight's game. Yeah,
1: I I don't know when they do the voting, because it is regular season. I know in Major League Baseball, as soon as the season's over, boom, they vote, because you Mm -hmm. don't want any influence from anything that's happened afterwards. Steph Curry, though, kind of forgot. I know you, you mentioned right before the podcast, so I kind of forgot, but yeah, he's... Single-handedly carried their team, the amount of ten-plus three-point games he's had this season yeah. is more than a lot of people have had in their entire careers, and even like James Wiseman being hurt, yeah. like he was supposed to be that center for them, and he's just not there. So I I want to be mad if Steph Curry was like that, especially I don't like how the NBA bases a lot of this off of seeding. Kind of mm-hmm. makes sense, but at the same time, Russell Westbrook won it a few years ago, averaging the triple-double narrative. Steph Curry does have a good narrative. He is a more likable player.
0: We'll have to see on that. So, What Jokic, Jokic. is doing, though, is nuts. It's for a big man to do what he does mm-hmm. day in and day out. I mean, he is the reason why they're a top-seeded team. Regardless of the Lakers and the Clippers, he goes in there and he makes his team a hundred times better for sure. So yeah. That's why it's like, if Jokic gets it, I just need to know that Steph Curry was number two in votes. Mm-hmm. That's all I need to know.
1: Yeah. Jokic is 10th all time, 10th season all time with a player efficiency rating. Wow. That's just good. right behind the 2015, 2016 Steph Curry season.
0: Where he won. MV- he went back to back those years, right? Yes, he did so there's that rookie of the year we'll stick with the
1: warriors talk you had james wiseman we both missed on this we both missed and looking back on my prediction you had james wiseman and i went with denny denny uh, uh i avdia. avdia 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 yeah, yeah. he
2: broke, he broke his leg, right
1: Yep, he played 54 games, only averaged 6 points, 5 rebounds. If you did not listen to that episode and you're just hearing this for the first time, I went with Denny because I thought he was in a good situation. I thought Russ would be able to get him the ball. Maybe it's a bad fit for him, but he, he was not looking too great this season.
0: Yeah, not at all. He, uh, and he played quite a few minutes, too. Um, that team, I mean, we know how it is with, with Westbrook, everything runs through Westbrook. He's hogging. He's a stat stuffer. I mean, at the end of the day, what he does is incredible, but it, it, there's no way Denny had a chance, um, like some of these other rookies where they ended up being the ball handler or they ended up getting the ball way more. Um, so I, uh, yeah. James Wiseman, I thought, had the best opportunity because he's playing with Steph Curry and no, you know, no Klay Thompson. And he had good games. There were some games where I remember one game early in the season. He was like benched until like the second half and he came in and he almost had like a double double and he took like an elbow to the face and he was he's a grinder. Um Obviously, he couldn't stay on the court, um, which in turn, Lamelo was hurt and broke his wrist. Um who do you think is going to win Rookie of the Year? Now that things out of the way,
1: I think it's LaMelo still.
0: I was taking is it a look because at of Anthony. the record, because of the record, or statistics? I think he just
1: I, I think statistically he was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I was taking a look at Anthony Edwards as well because I know he had a few good games this season. He averaged nineteen point three points per game. But Mello averaged 15.7, six rebounds, six assists. He had a PER of 17.5, which is four higher than Anthony Edwards. He had a win share of 2.8, which is two higher than Anthony Edwards. I don't know if there's any other guys like really in the conversation and Lamelo I think we uh, we had a conversation on maybe picking him but at the time it was just we were still both unsure if his game was going to translate to the NBA and it did
0: it did in a big way his uh he's proven to be a good point guard vision wise like you see that out there i'm i'm torn between the two anthony edwards and uh LaMelo Ball. I mean, even the fact that you said that the win difference, differential is only, what, two games? For me, Anthony Edwards, the first... It took a while for him to even start to get playing time. Mm-hmm. But I felt like the second half of the season, he was so explosive. He ended up having... 20 plus games he had 33 20 plus games in the season the next closest rookie had 17 games which i don't even know if that i think that might have been hallie burton or i don't even know but if we're basing it off of full season yes Lamelo ball but who do i think made a bigger impact considering the situation that he well technically Lamelo ball didn't start at point guard either Terry Rozier yeah, was starting was for, for a while. while. So I guess it goes both ways. Yeah, my my pick is definitely LaMelo Ball. But I feel like future-wise, you're going to see these two guys start starting next season, we're going to be just blowing up. They're going to be blowing up. Anthony Edwards is going to be blowing up highlights. LaMelo Ball already is blowing up highlights. Um, it's That's one-two right there. There's not really too many other rookies. Jay Sean Tate was pretty good, but uh, it's definitely between those two. So after after that we have
1: defensive player of the year. This is the last award we did. We can do coach of the year this time cuz we've actually seen the season. So defensive player of the year, you brought up Rudy Gobert, who's the the good pick to to have even though he like just recently won it. You went with Bam Adebayo, thought he was going to step up this year. Mm-hmm. And then I went with Anthony Davis which I don't think both of these guys are going to finish in the top two. The main Mm -hmm. conversation I'm seeing is Rudy Gobert and Ben Simmons. But I think Gobert wins it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Simmons was actually leading that ladder for quite a bit. And he's good. He's good for his position. I feel like at some point you have to look at statistics. He's not a top threat when it comes to steals. He's not a top three. He's like right in the middle of the pack. I know that there's so much more to defense. How many points do you give up on a daily basis? Your rebounds. But I feel like Rudy Gobert kicked it up a notch and he's got to be, it's, I mean, even some people are talking about Giannis. I think Giannis is on that list even, but with the game, uh, with the season that Rudy Gobert had, you know, averaging another 13 and a half rebounds a game, um, averaged, he ended up getting 2.7 blocks, which is a career high for him, and the fact that Utah is where they're at in the West kind of helps with that. Um, ben Simmons is good; I give him. I mean, he's a great defender, but I just I never saw what some some analysts were seeing. I guess just from watching their games, I felt like Joel Embiid, him and Tobias Harris are the main reasons why they're even great. Uh, I thought maybe Ben Simmons would get traded. Obviously, that wasn't the case. Um, But yeah, everything's pointing to Rudy Gobert
2: Okay, okay And then coach of
1: the year After looking at the standings I think this should be probably An easy pick Got some, some teams that are doing very well The one that's sticking out For me And a team that should not have done well At all this season Still made a top half of a bracket The New York Knicks Tom yeah. Thibodeau. Yeah. Like, their I, expected wins were not where they're at. I saw a graph today. They were just blowing – they blow blew out their expectations
0: compared to every other team and their win-loss records. Which is huge. Nobody expected – I mean, even look at their team, and I'm not saying their team is bad, and I'm not saying anything bad about any of those players – I just feel like if you look at the Knicks roster and look at their stats, look at a stat sheet, they're not a playoff team. You have guys who are scattered about. You have Julius Randle, who's good. But then you look at Derrick Rose and you're like, okay, well, we, have, we all have a soft heart for Derrick Rose. I mean, he what he did with, in the NBA was incredible. His comeback story was great. You're like, R.J. Barrett's not really doing much. Emmanuel quickly stepped up. He's doing pretty good, but again usually most of these teams have at least two guys where you're like, okay, these guys are great. This team is good. But the fact that Tom did it with this team puts him up there. And I don't think enough people are talking about it. I don't think enough people are talking about Tom Thibodeau. I know he's up there, but he definitely, to me, should be at least considered the coach of the year in the Eastern. I just feel like... There are some other coaches that may fall in line ahead of him. Is is he your pick?
1: Yeah, right now I'm gonna I'm gonna say Thibodeau, because you got most of their starting games. It was RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, Reggie Bullock, Alfred Payton, and then Nerlens Noel. With guys like Taj Gibson, Austin Rivers, Mitchell Robinson was there, but he is hurt. He was out. Uh, You had Quickly, Burks, Rose all coming off the bench as well. Obi Toppin, Kevin Knox. Like, their team just, I don't know how they won 40 games. I don't.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're slowly convincing me. That Tibbs should be... So I originally was going to say Monty Williams. Which Monty actually won the NBCA Coach of the Year. Which is the, uh, the Coaches Association. Mm-hmm. They vote uh, at the end of the season. And he did win it. Um, according to them. And I was on board with that. I was like, the Suns improved... It's not a bad pick. Like 20 games over last year. And I know they added uh, Chris Paul... Which is a, a huge addition, but to 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 still battle out in the West, which it proved to be a still a good conference. I wouldn't say that they are as dominant as they used to be. They're still a good, damn good conference, better than the East. That was going to be my pick, and I still feel like he is going to win it. Tibbs, though, definitely makes a damn good argument. A damn good argument. The only argument to. Uh, to, if I want to play devil's advocate, is he's in the East. So that's the only downside with that. The East mm-hmm. generally is weaker. Um, we've seen teams get hurt. Um, you know, a lot of the, you know, Indiana wasn't as good as we thought they would be. Washington wasn't as good as, as we thought. Uh, Boston was playing hurt. They made trades. So I feel like it just, I
2: can't,
1: Ronnie I don't want to take any. isn't bad. No,
0: I don't want to take anything away from Tibbs though. Like what he did is incredible with that team. Like the Suns, like on paper, have a way better team. Yeah, I, I, I think
1: both those guys are going to finish one two. That yeah, that should yeah, definitely sure. be. They should be the top two guys. I'm not going to be mad at either of them. Mm-hmm. So with that, that's the awards for the season. It's our predictions of what's going to happen. Playoff talk. We'll, we'll do a similar format. We'll do whoever we think is going to win the con- or get to the conferences and then the finals and who wins each. We'll start off with we'll start off with the West. You want me to go first or you?
0: I could start off. I could All definitely right. start off in the West. Are we giving so we're going to do conference finals?: Yes. updated, updated predictions. -hmm. And if you want to
1: assume who wins these playing games, you could do that.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I'm going to have to because I still think as much as I want Steph Curry to go off and upset the Lakers, the Lakers still will have a chance to play the winner of the Memphis and San Antonio game, you know, for the eighth seed. So which then they would play Utah. If the Lakers win tonight, they're going to play Phoenix. I feel like they still have a solid route to the conference finals, and that is going to pair them up with the Clippers. It is going to be a battle of LA for the Western conference finals. I do not see any other team really competing. I don't see Dallas competing with the Clippers. Um, Portland, I Portland actually Portland could be an upset. They could be a very weird team in the playoffs because that's just the way they've been historically. Um, but I still think the Lakers and the Clippers have the easiest path to the uh, playoffs. As long as they don't play each other leading to the conference finals. Cause there is a, the bracket is kind of weird because the Lakers technically are um, they're a seventh seed right now. So we'll see. I I'm going to stick with that as well. <laughs> so okay. we'll, we'll
1: both stick with our similar matchup from our uh, earlier in the season. Clippers tanked their record to avoid the Lakers in any of the first couple rounds. I still feel like on paper, they're one of the best teams in the league. Mm -hmm. Would I be surprised if Houston, or Houston, if uh, Utah makes the conference finals? I wouldn't because they're just such a good defensive team.
0: I would be surprised.
1: I still feel like the star power, though is good with the Clippers. And then the Lakers having the number one defense and having LeBron James back and Anthony Davis Anthony Davis, too, yeah. It's just tough. It's tough to pick against the Lakers. It really is. So that's who I have there. The East. We'll start off with the East this time. Might be a little too easy of a pick here. It's going to be tough in the second round because you got... Potentially Milwaukee against Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. But with, with my prediction, I think Philadelphia faces Brooklyn in the conference finals. I Philadelphia, they're going to be going up against Indiana or Washington. I think they're going to easily beat one of those teams. And then they face the Knicks or Atlanta. I just don't see either of those teams really doing anything against Philadelphia.
2: Yeah. I...
0: I don't know which Milwaukee team we're going to get. I don't like Milwaukee's been good this year. Giannis is still great. They added Drew Holiday, which makes them in my eyes a better team than what they were last year. Obviously they bled so at the point last year. So I don't know. I don't know what we're going to get from Milwaukee. And this is the only reason why I say that is because if 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 healthy Milwaukee goes seven games. We have to assume they're going to beat Miami, mm-hmm. which I think they will this year. I think Miami is good, but I don't think that they're... They're not going to make that same run. There's no two, Cinderella story two years in a row is going to be nuts. And I love Jimmy Butler, but that's just not the case. I
2: think Milwaukee... It's going to be Brooklyn
0: against Milwaukee. Um, I think that the Sixers... Are bigger choke artists in the playoffs than playoff P, than Paul George. A lot of people hate on Paul George because he chokes Philadelphia chokes in the playoffs every year. The only way Philadelphia will be playing Brooklyn is if Milwaukee for some reason is not as good as what they were last year or better. Milwaukee and Brooklyn are the two and three seeds. They will face in the second round. oh oh you were right that is right so philadelphia
1: will face either indiana or washington and then they face either new york or atlanta
0: oh that's tough yeah in that case it's going to be philly and brooklyn i did not look at the bracket yeah that's gonna be philly and uh philadelphia and brooklyn that's why i'm mad that brooklyn did not get the number one seed yeah
2: that's tough i don't like that bracket (laughs)
0: I feel like, well, I guess it has to work like that because Philadelphia in the second round is going to face, what, the lowest-seeded team in the second round? Is that how that works? No, it's four or five. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, four or five, yeah. So, that's so weird, but what if Miami wins? They're the lowest-seeded team. It doesn't matter. Or does it not matter? It's it's always been, been this way in the NBA. That's stupid to me. There's no like it it no. just logically doesn't make sense. It's, hey, you're going to be in this bracket. It's all I mean, it's 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 they're just doing it by I don't even know how they're doing it. It's by seed and it doesn't matter if you're the lowest seed or not. I just think logically compared to other sports that doesn't make sense. But that's not giving Philadelphia an advantage for being the number one seed, considering they could end up facing New York as a four seed instead of Miami as a six seed. Mhm. So, with
2: that being said, I'm going to go Brooklyn uh, against Philadelphia. So, the the winners of each of these,
1: I will start off with the West or just the finals matchup. Probably the same finals matchup we've both had since the beginning of the year. Brooklyn versus the Lakers. In the West, for me, the Lakers, they're just the best fit. I just... The Clippers, they're cool. They have cool names. I just don't see them doing much against LeBron and AD. It's just they actually need to perform. If they perform to their capacity, then sure, they could put up a fight. But it's tough when you know what you're going to get out of LeBron and AD. In the East, you get Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and a very solid team with Tobias Harris, Danny Green, uh, Seth Curry. They have a pretty good bench. Going up against the Brooklyn Nets, which Joel Embiid's sick. He could drop forty points every game, forty to fifty. But other people are going to need to score. It's going to be a high-scoring series because Brooklyn—they don't—they aren't the best defensive team, but they will put up buckets like there's no tomorrow. And I just don't think Philadelphia can keep pace. They they will do a good job defensively trying to keep these guys from scoring, but. With three superstars on one team, and you have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons defending a couple of them, potentially defending a couple of them, I don't know if you're going to put Embiid on Kevin Durant, there's still one guy who will be free
0: at all times. Which firepower? I, I, yeah, Philadelphia, Joel Embiid could average 40 to 45 points in the series but that's just not going to be enough. They can still lose a series with him averaging that. I mean, we've seen other historically other teams not win a series when like for instance LeBron, I don't know how many series he's played where he's averaged close to probably 35-40 points a game. It just if your team doesn't do it, and when I say team, I'm talking all everybody. Tobias Harris has to has to do well. Uh, ben Simmons, defensive player of the year Ben Simmons that everybody is, you know, praising him for has to be able to... I don't even know. Who is he going to guard? Is he going to grab Durant? And, you know, Joel. I mean, they still have DeAndre Jordan in the paint. They still have other guys in the paint. So it's just a mismatch when they all can fire on all cylinders. And Philadelphia, you don't know what you're going to get. They're going to put up points. Like you said, it's going to be a very... Very high scoring series, but Brooklyn is just so hard to bet against in any series against anybody in this league.
2: So I'm going to go no. Brooklyn. And I'm yeah. going Lakers
0: for the same reason. Okay. For the same reason. It's, I could, I actually, I think personally, the Clippers and Lakers, and I'm saying Lakers super confidently, like they're going to sweep, it's going to be a six or a seven game series, realistically. I feel like unless. Paul George truly is cursed in the playoffs. Kawhi Leonard is a very efficient player. He's, he's been able to kind of tone it down the last few games of the season, like a stretch and they're still winning games. And I don't see him being the X factor. I see the X factor being Paul George. Uh, they have Rajan Rondo that they traded for. Who's, Playoff Rondo is nuts. I don't even know like if age matters to him in the playoffs. So I do feel like they can push it to six, maybe seven games against the Lakers. But I just feel like with being the number one defensive team, you have a fresh LeBron and a fresh AD. Um, and by the time that series hits, they're they're getting going. They're 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 already warmed up, they're good to go, they're primed, they got these other games out of the way they've been winning it's i just don't see them losing a series until Mm -hmm. the finals (laughs) yeah finals talk
1: i am gonna go with my original prediction still nets over the lakers it's gonna be very tough six or seven games i if this is the matchup we get i would really recommend watching every single game you get durant who did kind of get his revenge on LeBron at some point, but this time he's not on that super team Warriors anymore. LeBron is on a pretty good team with Anthony Davis. This is the revenge like series where Kevin Durant could get his chance to get back at him for way back in the day with James Harden. James Harden is there as well. And he then wants you his got, revenge too. And then you get Kyrie Irving going up against LeBron. The storylines are amazing and just as the Philadelphia series I get the Lakers are the number one defensive team I just don't feel like their role players and their side pieces are gonna be enough it's but it's very tough still to pick against the Lakers knowing LeBron and AD can combine for 70 80 points a game with the defense like they could stop a couple of guys with the Nets though again Anthony Davis could cover Durant. LeBron could cover maybe Harden, if you want to put LeBron on Harden. But there's still one piece missing. You got Kyrie Irving running around. You're going to have guys running around. You'll have Joe Harris, who will be wide open for a three or get that space needed. You could have Blake Griffin in there. You have Jeff Green sub in.
0: Like it's Dennis- I just can't pick against the Nets right now. Dennis Schroeder is going to be if, if he can perform, because we've seen him have good games with OKC. I, I don't know if he's going to play. I mean, he's had a good season, too. He's had some big games this year. But I don't think he's got, I don't know, is his defense, can anybody really guard Kyrie in the league? If you leave it, because you just named off matchups, it's going to be Dennis Schroeder. And, and I mean, another, another thing, too, though, you cannot forget. And I know a lot of people like he's, his stats are, it's like empty calories. We're talking about Andre Drummond. Mm -hmm. Can he be an X factor? The fact that they did trade for Drummond does alter my prediction a little bit. Instead of the Nets in six, I think it might be Nets in seven. But this matchup, just the story as you, as it's going to unfold, if it ends up being this matchup, which it probably will. I am going to have popcorn ready on deck for the Kyrie versus LeBron, the Durant versus LeBron. It's going to be every player versus LeBron. Simply because of the history. Mhm. Some things that go in that you got to think about. So LeBron obviously when he had Kyrie, they won
2: a championship. When LeBron They lost... I don't think he had Kyrie his last year with Cleveland. Was he gone? When he had an... He made another run. Let me see. So,
1: LeBron, he made the finals all throughout that decade. 2017-2018
2: roster was... They made it to...
1: Finished fourth in the Eastern Conference. Are they going to tell me the, the season here? Oh, so they lost in the finals 4 And it was their main starters. It was LeBron, J.R. Smith. You had Kevin Love, Jay Crowder, George Hill was there, Christian Thompson. Your Jeff Green Jose- started some games. Jose Calderon started a few games.
0: It was a, ba- it was a bad team. Yes, Kevin Love proved to be a, a pretty good scorer with Minnesota. He helped Cleveland. But a Anthony Davis is the best big man he's had as,
2: as a power forward or center. Mm-hmm.
0: Are we to say that the Warriors, the team that the Durant that won the championship, Durant, Steph, all that team, I think they're still better than this Brooklyn team. So in my opinion, and I'm trying to think logically of the matchup, LeBron's got a better team than he did the last time he was in the championship against with with the Cavs, facing a team that was better than the Nets. So with that being said, I'm still going to go Nets in seven games. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. I guess I was trying to think, like, how, 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 is, how does the matchup really compare? LeBron is technically older. Mm-hmm. You know, he's How a will his ankle up. hold up? He, he's a little banged up. So we don't know. Is he going to end up sitting some games? Are they going to go up 3-0? And then in game four of ser- you know, the first series, maybe they play him 10 minutes. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't play him. We don't know how it's going to pan out. The Nets can afford to get hurt. They can lose a guy and still be very, very scary. Say Durant sits. Well, you have James Harden and Kyrie. Say Kyrie sits. Well, you have James Harden running the point guard anyways. Yeah. It's going to be a good series. I actually don't know. I'm curious to know who the favorite is going to be when it comes time. Mm -hmm. Because... Andre Drummond is a better center than DeAndre Jordan. Personally, this personal opinion. Yep. Yeah. 10 rebounds with the Lakers still putting up 11 points. Imagine if LA was still with the nets. Oh man. That see, then it would be a different story because he's at this point. Yeah, he's older, but that just, to me, I feel like he's more fundamentally sound. And it's also, you got to think
1: about their depth. Their depth was just way larger at that point, too. It was. You, you, you'll you keep guys fresh. Guys will constantly sub in. They'll have the matchups. They'll have the different schemes. You're never going to have a cold, uh, cold stretch where it's like LeBron has to sit some minutes. I know in the NBA Finals and like in his playoff runs, he rarely ever sits. But these guys, they have to sit for a minute or two. And like,
0: what do these other guys on their team do when they sit? Yeah, and teams score in bunches in the last, I don't know how many years now, like two, three minutes can turn into a 10 0 run. I mm-hmm. mean, realistically, maybe they have to alternate. Maybe, maybe, you know, don't sit Anthony Davis and LeBron at the same time. You know, it's going to, there's going to be some strategic there, but I don't, I don't know. I just feel like the Nets, Durant by himself can lead a team to victory, not to a mm-hmm. championship necessarily. But you add in the playoff experience of Durant, James Harden, who's tired of losing. He's going to be a big factor because that that over twenty seven game seven is coming back. It, it it haunts him. There's no way it doesn't. And Kyrie Irving, Kyrie's good. Kyrie's great. He's obviously won a title with LeBron. He's out there. He may not say it, but he's out there to prove a point. I don't need LeBron. That's why I left LeBron in the first place. So we'll see. It's going to be a good series regardless. I'm excited. This is, I'm definitely excited for this, uh, for this series run here.
1: Yeah, there's so many good matchups. First round, you're going to get Clippers against Dallas. That was a fun series last year. Luka with the game winner. You have Denver-Portland, which is going to be great all around because Damian Lillard can win games. Denver they're without Jamal Murray but you got Jokic in a stacked team Phoenix against potentially the Lakers or even the Warriors either or it's going to be just awesome like I would not Mm want to see Utah versus the Lakers it just wouldn't be fun the Utah great team they're a great defensive team but matchup wise the storylines Utah is kind of a boring team they got Gobert they got Mitchell who's kind of cool they got Mike Conley It's just a lot of boring names, but very solid team. Yeah, Mitchell Mitchell
0: can go off, so.
1: In the East, I would love to see Washington probably make it. I feel like both teams are going to get blown out regardless, but Philadelphia versus Russell Westbrook trying to put up triple doubles every game, and Bradley Beal playing hurt. The Knicks versus Atlanta. That's going to be a fun series to watch just because those teams are just okay teams. And matchup-wise, they they are great comparisons. The Heat yeah. versus Milwaukee, going to be a great matchup because last year, the Heat ended up beating Milwaukee in the playoffs. Bam, with the block towards the end of one of the games. Oh, then Brooklyn-Boston. Brooklyn had to sneak into the playoffs. They had a rough stretch. And Jason Tatum, who's out on their team? I thought Tatum was out for Boston. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, no, I was saying you said Brooklyn, but yeah, no, uh, Tatum has been on and off with injury, but Jalen Brown's done. He's out for the year. Oh, it's
1: Jalen Brown who's done. Okay. Yeah, he's done but- for
0: the year. So I, Marcus Smart, according to Marv Albert, Marcus Smart is on the court five times at the same time. I don't know if you watched the game or not, but he kept calling players that were not Marcus Smart. He kept calling them Marcus Smart, which was hilarious. Um, shout out to Marv, Marv Albert there. Um. I just don't see Brooklyn. They just. Jason Tatum can literally put up 50 to 60 points, and it's not going to be enough to, to battle um, Brooklyn uh, if they end up, of course, winning um,
2: their next game. Boston would have to beat
0: Indiana, and I don't. I feel like Indiana's going to beat Boston in that first round or in this, in this next playing game. Well, it's Indiana, Washington. Or oh, I'm sorry, Indiana, Washington. Boston lost. Boston um, won. I'm sorry, Boston won, so they're playing Brooklyn. Washington, Indiana. Sorry about that. Yes, you're right. Uh, Washington, Indiana. I feel like Indiana's probably gonna end up winning that game. I would like to see Washington win. I would like mm-hmm. to see Russ and Beal, but you don't really get much outside of that. Mm-hmm. Y- you wish, you know, Hachimura and you know, Daniel Gafford. Um, you know, Dave Davis Burton's, I don't even know. Like they, they just don't have much outside of that, unfortunately.
1: And they struggle Versus. at the big man position right now. And you could see Sabonis put up a bunch of points, even not, maybe not a bunch of points, but a bunch of boards,
0: at least in assists. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's like, uh, I don't want to say a mini Jokic, but he statistically kind of mirrors Jokic. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I was saying Boston there, but, um, but yeah, it, it'll be good. New York, Atlanta is going to be a fun series to watch. Maybe watch a game or two. Um, you never know what you're going to get. You never know. Mm-hmm. You might get John Collins to go in and be good again. John Collins is kind of weird. He's like really good one game. Next game. He's not. Um, I think I'm looking forward to, uh, first round doesn't really look too appealing. You, I, I, maybe Milwaukee Miami might be the series to watch in the East and in the It'll
1: West. Be, oh yeah. You said the East.
0: Yeah. And in the West, I I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see Phoenix play. I don't know. Like regardless of who they play, I'm excited to see what, what Chris Paul offers.
1: Yes. That's, that's the number one series. I think if the Lakers win has yeah. to be that series right there, must watch, but basketball is Back in previous years, I didn't really care for the playoffs until it got deep. I just pointed out all the matchups you can watch and man, I want to watch all of them. Like I, this weekend, I'm probably going to have a bunch of games on along with baseball games and just tune in because this looks like it will be a, a playoff year to remember.
0: Yeah, it it definitely will. I still am indifferent about the play in. I still think that it's, It makes sense because you see teams get hurt at the end of the season. So that probably don't stand a chance, even though Boston ended up winning their game. Um, But there's, you know, we'll see where it goes. I'm still indifferent about the play-in. Having a 10 seed potentially make it to the playoffs is kind of weird because they couldn't do it in the regular season. So I have my opinions on that. Um, but it's definitely the most exciting that it's been in a while. I mean, the fact that Atlanta's in the playoffs, and I know I've been speaking highly of Atlanta since last off season. Um, Utah being the number one seeded team, like you said, it's kind of a boring team, but they do play damn good basketball. They're kind of spread out. They have good defense, and then they have guys like Donovan Mitchell, who last year went off in the playoffs. I don't know how many forty point games he had. So, we'll we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening there. And a lot of NBA talk today. It's
1: <laughs> we're already an hour into this, but it was good. This, the NBA talk was a lot of fun. Next week we're going to talk about how the series are going, how the play-in games finished out. Uh we will finish off the podcast though with some baseball. And we have another no-hitter. Every podcast, I feel like we've talked about no-hitters. I was watching last night. I watched the last inning. Spencer Turnbull of the Detroit Tigers threw a no-hitter against the Seattle Mariners in Seattle. The fifth no-hitter of the season. Seattle's got no hit twice. Cleveland's got no hit twice. And then the Rangers have got no hit once. A lot of people are talking about should there be changes to pitching? Batting averages are really low like what's the plan how many no hitters are going to see this season i in my mind i am thinking i don't know actually how many no hitters we're going to see this could just be a stretch in the beginning of the year it's everyone's kind of warming up still it's may but also you've had two teams account for 80% of the no hitters i don't think it's going to be that wide like you'll see guys some will get close but the Mariners lineups that they've been putting out, they just they aren't great lineups at all. Their average on the year is 199 as a team. It's terrible. And then the Indians, another team where, like you have Jose Ramirez, he's cool. He's definitely a great player. He's only one of the guys, though. He could have a bad day, and all of a sudden, they're on no-hitter watch because the rest of their team isn't
0: good. Yeah. I mean, the fact that there's five no hitters already and it's primarily off of two teams, um, I mean, it says a lot. Like, <clears throat> what could change? What can you change if a team, if one team isn't hitting and they're getting no hit twice? Um, the Mariners, obviously, we saw John Means do it before, and obviously, we just saw it last night. Um, I, have we seen we haven't seen this many no hitters in a season, this early in a season I think the record's eight for a year seven seven and what was that the 1800s no it was it was a while ago but
1: yeah like seven in a year is crazy And we're in May like th- there's still a couple weeks left in May then you have June July August September and maybe the first week of so at October. least four yeah. and a half months left. Of baseball, did you get three you get two, more no hitters or three, three technically to break the yeah. record?
0: <clears throat> That's nuts. Now, are we gonna see it? Maybe it's possible, it's very well possible. We are seeing a pitcher
1: ball now. So, previous years, we did see the juiced ball era. So, as people say, where the balls were just made in such a good way where they were just. I think they were made super tight so that their aerodynamic or the aerodynamics of the ball was just so good that if you hit it, it could be hit for a home run. And we're seeing record-breaking home run numbers. Yeah. Now they've changed the baseball up just a tad to reduce those home run numbers. And pitchers are using some stuff to help out their grips, get their spin rates up. I'm not going to go into that whatever we are seeing a bunch of no hitters now because of it we aren't getting the the not expected home runs being hit like some guys hit it in the air and all of a sudden it just carries out with these balls and the no hitters happening guys are gonna put it in play and it's probably just gonna die and be an easy out
0: Mm -hmm. unless you're Shohei
1: yeah unless you're Shohei (laughs) Shohei is just unbelievable first time since 1921 where a starter or a pitcher is pitching and leading the league in home runs since Babe Ruth fun fact there so oh. a solution they could change the balls again another solution what i'm seeing change the length in which the mound is like push it back to like 62 feet or like 61 feet or it's i think it's 60 feet 6 inches so like just bump it back a foot and a half will that make a difference? You'll get the hitter to see the ball just for a fraction of a second longer. I personally think it's we're kind of seeing it an overreaction. We'll have to see how the season plays out, but right now I think it's an overreaction due to how bad these teams are that are getting no hit and the frequency of it so far.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like you said, it was pretty much two teams that are getting no hit. So it's what are, what are those teams going to do? Um <clears throat> Obviously, the pitching is, does seem better. Um, I don't know the physics of the baseball um, or the fact that they changed the baseball like that. I mean, I kind of figured there would be something with that. Um, I enjoy it. I like seeing some of the movement on some of these pitches, especially this season. Like, I'm seeing some very, very nasty breaking ball sliders, uh, some sinkers that are pretty disgusting to watch. Um and in some nice 47-mile-per-hour watermelons that get thrown over the plate as well. <laughs> yeah, from a position player. From a position player. Which will
1: transition us into uh, the next baseball topic. Yarman Mercedes hitting a home run on a 3-0 pitch when a position player was pitching. I We talked about this when Tatis was in the topic. Like last season yeah. with the Rangers. But this is different. This is a 11-run lead, and a position player is pitching. Tony Larusa, man, he is so old, and he just can't get with the times. So Yarman Mercedes playing against the Twins, it's a a nuke off of a 47-mile-per-hour pitch, 3-0 count, and after the game, uh, well, both guys, both teams are like, like what? What's going on? Like, why are you doing this? It's it's the dumb unwritten rules of baseball. Tony La Russa, after the game, though, and like into the morning, was like, "Yeah, Yermin, he took a take sign. Uh, we'll make sure he never does this again. He like he'll make sure he'll get he'll have some consequences, not playing time or anything. I don't know exactly what, but he said con- there there will be consequences." But make sure never to do that again. And also, there was a quote of he- him saying, Yeah, Yerman said, I'm playing my game. And then Tony LaRusa responded to that in the interview and was like, He's playing Major League Baseball. He respects the game, he respects the opponents, he respects the integrity of the game. Yeah. So, like, he just goes against him. And then all of a sudden, Lance Lynn talks against uh Tony Larusa. Lance Lynn was in uh St. Louis at the start of his career when Tony was still managing. And Lance Lynn is like, do your thing. Swing 3 0. They brought in a position player. And Tony LaRussa's like went against Lance Lynn and told him like Lance has a locker. I have an office. Like that's that's the difference. Like I'll leave it at that. And it's like So you are going against your players. And then last night, the Twins threw at Yerman Mercedes. They purposely threw at him. And it wasn't like at the head. But still, we've seen guys get hit on accidental pitches, and they're out for a while. Any hit by pitch could could result in an injury with how hard these guys are throwing. It was a 94 and missed him. Uh, it was funny because Tyler Duffy was like, I'm doing this right. You could read on TV. He like turned around and he asked someone, he's like, I'm doing this, right? Because <laughs> he missed. But Tyler Duffy got tossed. Uh Racquebedelli got tossed. Yep. And after the game, Tony Arusso was like, You know what? Uh I don't mind what the twins did. It was expected. I respect that. Yeah. And it's like, what?
3: No! You're not
0: backing up your your guys. You, you're going to war with these guys. You're their leader, and the fact that the players are sticking up for Yerman, not just the Sox players. There's Marcus Stroman made a comment about it uh, in, on Twitter. Trevor Bauer, back, yeah, Bauer. I mean, guy. Here's the thing: if we are accepting the generational shift in baseball to where. We want the showboating. We want to be able to bat flip across the field. Apparently, we want the pitchers to get fired up. <clears throat> well, let's 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 take a step back here. And yeah, there. Okay, sure. There's unwritten rules. It's dumb because they're unwritten. I get it. That's that's called tradition. That's traditionally. But we're not in a, in an era of tradition. We're not. It's a transition. It's an an evolution. Yerman Mercedes is on a rookie contract. Eventually arbitration is going to come up. He is going to, let's face it, we're in a league where every home run and every hit gets you paid more dollars than if you didn't have that extra hit. Yerman Mercedes is, how old is he? 28 years old, I think.
1: Yes, 28-year-old rookie. He's only going to get... If he makes it to free agency, one like potentially big contract. Which exactly. it won't even be big because he's going to be 34
0: at the time 33, 34. And so, and for, for Tony LaRusa to say, well, he's a rookie. So I guess we expect it pretty much like without actually saying it like that. I, I, I wasn't a fan of Tony LaRusa getting signed. We said, and I specifically, you remember telling me, it's a feel good story. It's a feel good story to bring in a coach who's won previously and also used to coach this team and there was a fallout. I get it.
1: Yeah, it was his but, biggest regret that he probably did not want to take to the grave. He got he saw the
2: opportunity and he's like, "Yes. I don't have this regret anymore."
0: My my biggest thing is if you're if you have a team On paper, that should be the favorite next to maybe New York and some of these other teams. Why aren't you going to back these players up that are performing? You have Tim Anderson, who, uh, you know, verbally, well, on social media made a comment. You know, a lot of these players, I'm sure, in the locker room are like, Tony, it's not a big deal. Like, they're, it's disrespect that they're even putting a, a position player in to pitch. Obviously, they don't want the game to end. Why? Why in the last couple of years now is it okay to, you know, we're going to rest our pitchers, we're going to go throw Anthony Rizzo, we're going to go throw position players in who aren't pitchers, and are we supposed to roll over and just yeah. not play the game of baseball? The, the, just the, go the, home. Have a mercy roll then. And I know baseball is a different sport than a lot of the physical sports out there, obviously. But players get hurt on plays that they take off. And I know Yerman Mercedes, if he takes the 3-0 count, it's gonna be 3-1. That pitch is going right over the plate. Who's to say he's not taking the next pitch out of the out of the park anyways? So it doesn't make sense. And, and the twins announcers were kind of like it very their logic didn't make sense. They're so like, he was gonna get the strike, he's gonna get the green light on the next pitch to hit out. Why would he not do it then? What's the difference? I don't I don't understand what the big hoopla is. I understand tradition. I understand the other team was butthurt. And that's fine. If you want to throw at Yerman, that's cool. Obviously, you got ejected. You didn't hit him. So you kind of look... Uh, I don't want to say dumb, but you didn't hit the player. And it's just its just bad. It's just, I, I, what Tony LaRusse is doing right now is he is single-handedly lining up a, a, a bunch of fans of the game, of the team... That will continue to be fans of the team minus Tony Larusa, and I'm talking hate. I'm talking like you, you're dogging your own player. You're you're talking about a division rival team that you battled with last season for the playoffs, and you're giving them the okay to hit your guy like that. Mm-hmm. that to me, that doesn't seem right. That would be like my dad going out and I bumped into a kid. And it was an accident, but I bumped into him, right? So I deserve to get beat up for it. And my dad's like, hey, you had it coming. You know, or, you know, like, it's just, it, it's, it's demoralizing. And I think that DUI Tony should be a little bit more sensible towards his players. And the fact that they have a winning team right now, and don't go, at least if you're going to say something, say it behind closed doors. Don't go to the public and say, "Hey, twins, we're sorry. Uh, Yerman doesn't know any better uh, because he's a rookie." Well, you're talking about a guy who's 28 years old who's been battling his ass off to get into the to the league to make it to the show. So it's just bad overall. I I, I just have a I've had a bad taste of Tony Larusa, and this the fact that he keeps going back and forth about it is making him look like a, a clown. He's a clown.
1: It's and the bad part is is Jerry Reinsdorf loves Tony Larusa, so it's just not going to happen. It just won't.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, they might end up winning with Tony Larusa as head coach, and I feel like Tony Larusa is going to be enshrined by the White Sox organization as though he won it, when realistically. They they just are super talented. Their mm-hmm. bats are phenomenal. The pitching is generally good, um, minus I think yesterday their bullpen gave up a, a win. But I mean they're a good they're just an overall good team. And I, it's just it's just they're in the they're in the public they're in the news for the wrong reasons. Let the guys let these boys play baseball. Let them play.
2: We'll see if this rolls over, or uh, this will be a continued
1: theme throughout the season. Uh, we'll we'll end the podcast here. Before we end off, though, I just want to state eighth inning of a game. The Yankees, Corey Kluber, is currently allowed no hits through eight or through seven innings. Let me, get, let me get a guess of what, what team he's pitching against today.
2: Mariners.: No, it's not the Mariners. Well, this team's trying to Mariners. compete. this team's trying
1: to compete for the league lead right now. <laughs> with two.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, Are we talking about uh, Cleveland? No, Cleveland has two. Oh, Cleveland has two. Um And then the last did- team. She's got to be. I'm trying to think who is the other team. Was it the um? Whoa! Well, I'm trying to think of the other team. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, Texas, Texas Rangers. Texas. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that one for a second. <laughs> imagine, Arlington. dude. Imagine
1: six no hitters and three teams have combined for all of them.
2: Surprise! No perfect games. Out of all these no hitters, there was a couple drop third strike.
0: That's going to be crazy. Corey Kluber. He's been quiet this year. He's been very quiet this year.
1: Yeah, he's coming off injury in what she had with Texas. Mm-hmm. Barely pitched with Texas. And he's now with New York and pitching very well. Of course, Texas, another team that doesn't really have a good
0: lineup. Yeah, well, when you, got, when you have guys who basically swing for the fences, I think uh, Calhoun might be their best offensive player next to nick solak um, nick solak yeah he just hit one yesterday i believe he's pretty good got him on my sh- mlb the show team
1: well yeah today you got calhoun solak nate Lowe, uh garcia who's been killing it for them gallo yeah. and chris davis both guys who just crushed the ball kind of who's batting 282 on um, but then you got Cole colberson and trevino So, yeah, 277, 265, 256, 288, 212, 200, 282, 267, 240. It's looking pretty good so far. Uh, The pitch count for Corey Kluber is at 85 pitches. Wow. So, he is on pace. Uh, If we want to (laughs) talk, we'll wait till the next podcast because it's a theme. Talking about... No hitters, every single podcast. So, yeah, if that does happen, we'll talk about it. If not, sorry, uh, jinxes aren't real. So, don't get mad at me for talking about it here. That's going to do it, though, for the podcast. Make sure you download the episode, show support, follow us on social media at SROnlyPod. Follow our personal pages. Mine is
0: at The Healy6. And you can find me, iGoose with four O's, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram. Hit that follow button. Make sure you're hitting that download button for the episodes. We are on YouTube as well. If you guys want to see our beautiful faces, feel free to go ahead and uh, leave some feedback. We will see you guys next week.